0: All right, it's the fantasy finish line. Tonight is October 31st. (laughs) Drink5.com it is the fantasy finish line podcast we're here to watch the trade deadline go whoosh and talk about week nine so i am jason joined as always by david biggs dave sits across from me here in the studio and we just chat about football we drink a few beers we have a good time i want to encourage you if you're listening live to uh well you'll be on mixler already to ask us questions in the chat room and um, you know you can always tweet us, you can email us, Jason at Drink Five, David Drink Five, uh, with your fantasy football questions, or you know if you have questions about life, we'll get around to answering them, no problem. Uh, so um, what we need to know tonight, really, is what are we drinking? Right, that's how we start off the show every every damn week. Sounds good. So in my hands, I hold the Half Acre Beer Company's Gone Away India Pale Ale. Um, this place. You know generally has awesome artwork on their uh on their cans, and I always respect a brewery that will take the time to make their beer look good in addition to taste good so I haven't had this one yet here we go oh that's fine that's very very good fine is in excellent <laughs> not like just fine you know
1: glad to hear it beer is provided by uh by myself for uh for losing last week's bets, but I'm not gonna Make that mistake again, so... Never
0: (laughs) again. You'll never lose another bet. Nope. That's impressive.
1: From here on out, I'm just winning. I'm just winning.
0: What a declaration. That's right. (laughs) So, uh, let's dive into what's been happening all day today. So, today is October 31st. If you're listening to it a couple days late, then, um, you know, just know that today was the end of the trade deadline Uh, in the NFL. It expired about five hours ago in... So we had several big moves, starting with last night. So last night, the Patriots finally gave up their star backup quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. So he is going to go to the 49ers. The 49ers gave up a second-round pick for him. So clearly not um, what the Patriots were looking for in return for a guy who they figured could be just a regular starter. And, you know, if Tom Brady wasn't this freakishly healthy quarterback, the guy who probably would have been the starter for quite some time in New England.
1: I think a second is still a decent haul for a trade, though usually you're seeing people pull third, fourth, fifth conditional picks. Um, But yeah. Well,
0: they were going to give a second and a third for A.J. McCarron. Right. So obviously the market is always going to fluctuate, but this is, I think, a trade that probably Bill Belichick's not not happy with. Um, I think deep down in his very dark heart, he would have preferred to keep Garoppolo and get rid of Brady if only to cement his legacy as the great one there. Um, So that's just wild speculation on my part.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe Uh, so. I heard Tom Brady uh, in a couple of different radio shows, um, and uh, I think on a television broadcast, talk about this trade. Did you listen
0: to him with Jim Gray?
1: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: So it was the most awkward two minutes. (laughs) Uh, He calls Jim Gray, like, Sparky or something like that. Um, And whenever they try to talk about the trade, he would just kind of... Brush it off or like not be like, Yeah, Jimmy's great, he'll be fine. He was just like, Um, yes, Jimmy is a football player.
1: Well, you can't it's say very
0: strange, awkward like Tom Brady is turning into Tom Cruise. You
1: can't say too much about and that. It, he's though, just right?
0: becoming like strange and um uh, alienated from the rest of society, <laughs> and he's just so into himself. That um, his inevitable downfall will be so much better. I apparently it's such great shot. In front.
1: Apparently, it's working just fine for him.
0: <laughs> well, of course it is.
1: And this trade means that he's going to be playing, um, you know, at least for another couple more years. At least that's what the front office, you know, is expecting from him. Right. So.
0: It seems, and uh, I do believe that you know what I have been reading today sort of confirms my speculation that this is a trade that was you know made possible because of the front op- like because of the ownership. You know, Bill Belichick is the front office and the head coach. You know, he makes all of the GM type of decisions on that team. Um, But it seems like the owner said, "You know, we can't afford to keep them both. You need to get something for him." Um, So, you know, that there it is. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a Forty Nine er
1: yeah the hard part is that they don't really have a backup and Tom Brady is an older quarterback so
0: they literally have zero backups at the moment
1: it's gonna be interesting to see if they pull someone up from a practice practice squad or if they pick someone up off the wire like Brian Hoyer was paid I think ten million dollars to go in and play for the 49ers but to then he was seven games but yeah. then he was cut so I mean that's a guy who is a good backup he's just not a good starter in the league um I don't think I it'll, it'll be difficult for them to I don't think it'll be difficult for them to pick up um, an okay backup quarterback. I assume
0: but that they're going to grab Hoyer pretty much right away just for emergency purposes.
1: Yeah, they basically just traded uh, um, traded those guys uh, and the 49ers let go of him because they had to.
0: Right. Um, so, obviously, there are little to no fantasy impacts uh, as far as the Patriots go. Um, but with the Niners, it could, it could matter more down the road. So the speculation right now, according to the Sacramento Bee, is that Garoppolo will not make his debut until Week 12 which makes sense. They're um, terrible right now. They haven't won a game all year. Uh, They have CJ Beathard starting, who has been uh, mostly a disaster the last couple of weeks. You know, 49ers had that stretch of five games where they lost by three points or less, and in the last two weeks they've lost by a combined more than 50 points. Um, So it really has sort of, you know, fallen off of a cliff in terms of uh, their competitiveness. I do think that the Niners are going to win games, and be much better once Garoppolo is into the flow. So give him a couple weeks to learn the offense, give him the whole uh, bye week and then the week after to actually be the main guy practicing with the number ones on the team, Uh, and then he's got a few weapons. He's got Pierre Garçon, he's got Carlos Hyde. Both of those guys are going to get a bump in production, in my opinion, once Garoppolo is playing. Um, unfortunately for fantasy people, you know, that's not happening yet. We're only going into week nine. Uh, you can't really look forward to any of this stuff until probably week 12. Um, so keep that sort of on the back burner. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably a pickup and hold in two quarterback leagues. And, um, you know, if you need to trade, uh, one of those other guys in the Niners, just keep in mind that, uh, their value is going to go up a little bit later on down the line. Um, you know, week twelve, week thirteen, for fantasy purposes, is getting pretty damn close to, um, what you call it, to the playoffs. So you know, you kind of need to have your team figured out by then. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Garoppolo is going to succeed there? He's got Kyle Shanahan, a sort of offensive guru. Um, do you think it's a good fit for him? They obviously were going to be looking for a quarterback.
1: I think it's too hard to to. Uh to analyze this trade just yet until he plays for a while. But I think he'll definitely take over, uh, as the quarterback there uh, within the next couple of weeks. And, uh, I think the 49ers have some tools to do some damage, but he's not going to step up and, and, you know, make himself known as a, as a great quarterback off the bat when, when he leaves a team like the Patriots and goes to the 49ers. So, uh, maybe next year, uh, he's someone that we can talk about as being a, a quarterback too. um, or or you know, trying to get into the top fifteen, but we'll have to see how he plays with the management and the uh, offensive scheme that they want to put on him so. so
0: you don't you don't see that as being very effective uh for the rest of this year. you don't see it as really mattering fantasy wise
1: well, if he starts in you know in week uh what would it be like probably twelve between between week ten and twelve, so week week twelve. Then you don't have very many games left of the season, and you don't have a whole lot of time to kind of gel with your team and learn the scheme. So I would say no, I don't see any reason why he would suddenly come in and be uh, a guy that that you should be playing every week out. Um, But we do know that he's already a serviceable quarterback, at least under the tutelage of uh, the quarterback coaches in New England, and he's going to bring all that to his first official starting job. So he should be good going forward. Um, but yeah, I don't care about him too much this year, unless you're talking about, like you said, two quarterback leagues, when these guys get snatched up off the wire, if you have an opportunity, uh, with some auction budget, or, uh, if you are in one of those leagues where they do the reverse, um, um, reverse, the, order. R- reverse standings order to pick up, then I, I might pick him up as a, a speculative, um, move, but I don't expect him to be an every week start. Not really.
0: Okay, um, so there were a couple of trades earlier, um, you know, not quite deadline trades. Uh, obviously, Adrian Peterson went to the Cardinals. Um, Dontrell Inman went to the Bears from the Chargers, um, you know, for a seventh-round pick. Inman hasn't played since week five. He did not play last week with the Bears, so they are on bye this week. We'll see what happens there. I don't see any really fantasy-relevant uh, value there, just sort of touching on uh, the movements of guys. Um Marcel Darius, uh, defensive tackle, got traded from the Bills over to the Jaguars. That could only improve the Jaguars' defense and special teams, who have been amazing this year. They've averaged 15 points a game. Um, So, you know, it's only going to help them get more sacks. They're going to have another fresh guy on the line. So look out when you're starting, um, you know, quarterbacks and running backs against Jaguars even. You may I think, want to consider sitting some of the you know, bad ones.
1: I think Inman's going to matter a little bit as the, as the Bears move forward because he's, he's immediately the best receiver on the team as far as a possession receiver, and he's done well in other spots. So um, right now you don't care, right, because none of the Bears receivers are actually startable in fantasy because they're not getting enough targets, because they're not throwing the ball enough. But That's true. It's, it has to be true that as the season goes on, they're going to start throwing the ball more. They, they have to. So so I do think that there is some kind of irrelevance there. Um, I remember uh, picking him up last year, um, and he had some good stats for a couple of weeks. So we'll see. But, but he was never really a wide receiver one or two uh, before either. He was just stepped into that role because there were so many injuries on San Diego, if I remember correctly.
0: Right. I mean, that was, was it last year, I believe, like you're saying, was the year when everyone on San Diego got hurt.
1: Yeah, so he was a fill-in that, that came to that role because he had to, but he was still scoring fantasy points for people down the stretch. Yeah, Of course, Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback right now than Mitchell Trubisky. So
0: Absolutely, and Trubisky actually threw the ball a bit, uh, 32 passing attempts last week. Still far from fantasy relevance, but um, you never know. Somebody on the team other than Jordan Howard and occasionally Tariq Cohen may pop up as being relevant. But Cohen, you know, had eight total yards, and he had a touchdown to salvage the day. Um, So uh, a couple of other really big trades, fantasy-wise, that happened. Uh, Early this morning, when I woke up, I'm getting ready for work. I'd flip on the TV. Jay Ajayi moves to the Eagles. That was huge. Um, Anybody who's had Jay Ajayi has been suffering, you know, quietly, maybe not so quietly this year. Um, because he just has not done what you what you know that he is able to do. Uh, I I don't even think he has a double digit game yet this year. Two of them actually, my bad. Um, 12.6 in week two, 13 points in week six. Other than that, he
1: hasn't scored a touchdown. That's the big complaint. Yeah.
0: Just been real just garbage so far. Um, so they host Denver this week. Does Philly, um, a tough matchup for him especially considering he hasn't practiced with the team or done anything with the team yet I'm sure today was all paperwork and flying to Philadelphia and worrying about all that stuff um figuring out your number you know you got to do all that stuff eventually
1: yeah he has a bye week uh after this week um now with them so yeah uh, some people expect him to become the starter there that's going to depend on on how he performs with the with the team in practice I think uh, I mean, right. it's difficult to go in there and and assume that kind of a role, but I think they definitely drafted him to be the starter going forward. Um, if not now, then later this year or next. Traded year.
0: for him, yeah. Well, I what they've done right now is sort of announced that Legarrette Blunt is still the starter, and that makes sense, especially for the next game. Um, but I I personally expect to see Ajayi as the main ball carrier by what would it be week eleven once they're they're on play nine they're off on week 10 they'll be back week 11 so I expect Ajayi to be the main guy uh come week 11 that's going to be a matchup in Dallas and then they play Chicago they go to Seattle the Rams the Giants um so you know I, I would hesitate to start him this week um you know maybe it would have been a good idea to start starting him every week anyways going into this past week but uh this week I would say sit Ajayi um but you know Uh, Be happy that he's moved into a much better situation.
1: Maybe. I think it's important to know a couple things. One, uh, the organization apparently on Miami's side thinks that uh, Ajayi, who has had knee problems since he was back in college, um, has a ticking clock on him. Um, So that's part of the reason why they traded him, according to some sources online. Two, uh, whenever a guy moves organizations, he he has an equal chance to do worse than better. So it may be a good opportunity for you to trade a Jai at perhaps the highest value that he is going to have for the entire year. I, I think of it as a, uh, as a kind of a coin flip situation. So you can certainly hold him, hope that he does better on a team that clearly has a better offense. Um, or uh, maybe he won't work out, much like um, who was it that was traded to the Eagles uh, that was a running back a couple years ago that did nothing?
0: Um, boy, I don't remember now.
1: Uh, he was, he was on the Cowboys. He, he... Marion Barber? No, 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 no. We're, we're arguably the best running back in the league. And then he goes to the Eagles and he was terrible. Uh, because of the scheme that they tried to fit him into in that particular regime. He's on Tennessee now. I forget what his name is.
0: Um, I'm giving DeMarco you all the... Murray? There you go. DeMarco Murray. Oh yeah, you're right. He really did flop there. So it depends... But they kind of proved that Dallas's offensive line was amazing.
1: Well, and they, they had a completely different offensive scheme for the running back. Right. And so... I haven't done a lot of analysis. It seems like uh, it should be okay for him there. But just keep in mind that when people are traded, it's not always a good situation. I remember being happy about Jordan Matthews going to the Bills, but that hasn't panned out for Matthews at all.
0: No, and that's a great uh, segue into the other big trade of the day. Kelvin Benjamin traded away from the Panthers for not much value at all. A guy who really is still... uh, you know, one of the wide receiver, young wide receiver stars in the league uh, traded to the bills. Um, so the bills now have two new guys for this year. Um, Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones, but, the rookie Zay Jones, a rookie. Um, so Zay will move to the Z slot, which is perfect for him. Um, and Calvin Benjamin is going to be their starting, you know, sort of acts like main wide receiver. They're their main target now. Uh, so, you know, he's a huge guy. He's six foot five. I think, this is the biggest upgrade that you're going to get out of these trades right now. Is Kelvin Benjamin going to the Bills? I mean, it's not that he was doing very poorly there, but it's going to help out everybody on the Bills. Well, Sean McCoy is going to see fewer uh, eight-man boxes. Tyrod Taylor is going to have a much better wide receiver core to be throwing to. You know, Zay Jones is going to have probably no fantasy relevance still, uh, but Jordan Matthews is no longer going to be the main guy there. So I think Jordan Matthews as a number two is going to be very successful.
1: Yeah, he's always good in the slot. He's been good in those positional um, um, kinds of engagements. And I, I agree with you. I think uh, this is all good for the Bills. And it makes you wonder about the Panthers, who now have Devin Funches as their number one receiver, which is not a bad thing. He's been, he's been good as well. But um, I don't know if they're trading Calvin Benjamin just because the, um, they think that they're due for kind of a downturn Um, I'm not sure, you know, Greg Olson is getting older. Cam Newton hasn't been performing at a high level consistently. Um, they have some new blood on the team in Christian McCaffrey, John Stewart's going to retire soon. So maybe they're sort of gearing up for this retooling of the team. I'm not sure. Um, or they know something we don't know, but it's, it's definitely an interesting shakeup for those two. And the bills who we thought were trying to follow in the Jets footsteps and breaking up everyone on their team, uh, is actually having a really good year. So yeah, shows how much, uh. You know the NFL pundits now. The, B-
0: the Bills are sort of in a win now situation. Great move for the Bills. Um, this website that I was following today that tracks all the trades, uh, WalterFootball.com. So he-, he grades them all, right? So grade for each team. He gave the Bills an A plus on this trade, and he gave the Panthers a Millen, as in Matt Millen, the Detroit, the former Detroit general manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I-, I I tend to agree. I don't know. What the Panthers are thinking here, obviously these guys are paid a lot more than I am well Benjamin was going to be decisions. he's
1: going to be a free agent at the end of the year, so if they didn't want to pay for him anyway, then they can this is a way to get something for him.
0: they got a third and a seventh in next year's draft
1: that him. that could be what they're thinking
0: sure and then um, those are the main moves that happened and then of course, uh, we get the sideshow of the NFL that being the bottom of the AFC North, the Bengals and the Browns tried making a trade for A.J. McCarron to move him up to Cleveland, and it just didn't work out. So there's reports of paperwork issues, and it didn't get through on time, and there's a disconnect, Um, but I I don't know. If they actually wanted to make this trade, it is just another step in a long line of just complete dysfunction from Cleveland. And if they didn't want to make the trade, I don't understand why they said let's trade him in the first place.
1: I don't know. They're they're terrible and this is just more of that, more of the same. Yeah. And AJ McCarron would have been a good person to have on the team in my opinion. So, they're not helping themselves have any. You
0: one quarterback for every quarter.
1: Not helping themselves any.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, uh that's about it for your trade deadline. A pretty active uh day in the trading world. Um I I love it when, you know, these players move around and stuff like that. None of the big guys did get moved. Uh, there was a lot of speculation going into the week that Jimmy Graham could get moved, that Martavis Bryant could get moved. Um, I liked to randomly speculate that they would be traded for each other. I think that would have been interesting, but that you know was never going to happen. I don't even know if that's really an even trade. It's it's hard to judge in fantasy football if trades are even in the NFL. I really have no <laughs> no judge for what the real value of these guys are.
1: Yeah, it's just about uh, it's just about the touches and whether they'll go up or down. Um, I think for us, like it's obviously upgrades Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Um, this is, um, there's, there's trades that have happened that upgrade guys like maybe Devonte Parker, um, perhaps Jay Cutler, although it's too early to say that kind of thing. Oh, but. We didn't
0: mention the dolphins yet. Uh, the dolphins now are going to have a couple of running backs, uh, that are going to be on the radar right now.
1: Kenyon Drake's the backup for him, though.
0: Okay, so Kenyon Drake you're saying is the guy to own over uh, D- Damian Williams.
1: Yeah, you know how it works They'll have a guy like Damian Williams that filters in as the passing back, um, so he'll be on the field more often, but Kenyon Drake is the actual backup for that position, so he'll come in and fill in the role. But I don't think either of them are going to do every down, so we'll see a lot of both of them. And based on how the running game for the Dolphins has been going already this season, I don't really think either of them are playable on a regular basis. Um, but I mean, that's that's up to uh, the beholder, I guess. I Kenyon Drake was a, an interesting guy going into uh, fantasy as a rookie, I believe, last year, um, and he didn't get very many opportunities because Ajayi was fantastic. But uh, this year he'll he'll get to uh, to see if uh, if he can show anything behind that. Offensive line, which is not performing at a high level.
0: All right, so any other trade talk that you wanted to touch on? I think that we've pretty much covered all the moves and how it's going to affect everybody. I mean, as far as uh, Carolina, I don't really see much of a change in how that team is going to be affected.
1: It just means that Funches is going to have more targets now because uh, Benjamin he, was getting I mean, a ton.
0: Funches was getting plenty of targets too. He's not going to get that many more. I don't think that Devin Funches gets a a, a a noticeable upgrade with this. I mean, the, over the last several games, he was targeted 10, 9, 8, 9, 8, and then 6 last week in a game where they were winning pretty much the whole time.
1: Well, then where else do the targets go? I I, I mean... I, I think he does get an upgrade, which maybe it's only a couple more targets per game, and the other ones get spread out. But, but if you can tell me who the targets go to, then I'll... Uh... <laughs> I mean, they're even, they continue to pass to... I think what
0: they're going to try to do is run the ball a little bit
1: more. They continue to pass to Greg Olson's fill-in, too, at Dixon. Uh, So it's not like the tight end targets went away. Although Greg Olson looks like he will play in Week um, 11 whenever he can come back because he's been practicing to a light degree already. Yeah. So when they have uh, McCaffrey and Funchess and Olson back on the field later this season, then things should look better for them. But I don't know what's going on with the organization in general. Uh, the Panthers have been really up and down, so we'll see. But it's good to see that Funches has a consistent amount of targets. I guess what I'm saying is this can't hurt him at all, so it, it can only help him as a uh, as a receiver on your team.
0: Yeah, and probably the only one who's really going to benefit from that. Um, I, I think Cam Newton is pretty much the same. The rest of the guys there, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Ed Dixon,
1: um you know we've had the situation before because there there was one year where Benjamin was injured and then there was one year where like Funches wasn't there, uh, so he's gone through this a couple times and and it never that's really true. seemed to to hurt the team to to lose a receiver.
0: So really, what they need to do is try to throw the ball thirty times a game, not thirty-five to fifty. Um, so I, I think there's going to be fewer targets. That's all. Um, and yes, you know Funches may go up, but. I mean, is he going to be a ten target a game sort of like super stud? I, I just don't see that.
1: Sounds like it to me. And unless that doesn't happen, so I mean, I'll, I'll be looking for it. But he's already owned in most leagues anyway. So oh it's, yeah, yeah, it's not like you can go is picking he, him up.
0: Is he someone that you would uh, maybe look to acquire in a trade?
1: Uh, no, I, the guys that I would look to acquire are the guys that are that are more buy low at the moment. So guys like um, like Jordan Matthews, for example. Um, or who did we talk about before? Um, uh, t- 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 who were some of the other guys that we mentioned?
0: Um, well, you don't have to worry about Don Inman. I mean, Ajayi, I don't know that it, he's in a buy low place. Um,
1: Ajayi's value is not as high as it was entering the season because of what he did last year, right. and it won't be as high. But it's
0: higher than it was yesterday
1: yeah this moved his value up so that's that's why my whole conversation earlier was saying you could think about trading him because if he does poorly in the eagles his value will never be as high as it is right now true but uh i guess
0: you could look for maybe acquiring a carlos hyde or a pierre garçon if you get him for cheap
1: i don't mind pierre garçon because i think his value goes way up because cj Beathard uh is not targeting him um, and they just don't have a chemistry if you look at the statistics there he was doing well uh, for pretty much the whole season. And then the last two games he's been doing terribly. He's not getting the targets. He's not getting the right kind of passes. So, uh, later in the season, you might see Garcon really pick that up with a guy like Garoppolo, who's just an all around better quarterback. So that's, that's a possible, uh, acquisition. But if Garoppolo is not going to start until week 12, then it's, that's, uh, something that's pretty far away on the radar to go trading for Garcon now.
0: Right. And maybe now is when you'd be able to get him for cheapest. But, uh, maybe maybe you'd be better off having you know getting a few bad games out of the way let the person who has him really uh, hit bottom
1: yeah it depends if you have stash spots I was I was really interested to see that a couple of teams were looking to acquire wide receivers so for example Washington was phoning around according to rumors to try to find someone obviously to uh, to fill in for some wide receivers that haven't been doing well like the prior project that's obviously a mistake yeah the uh, Prior project. Yeah, and, and so maybe they were looking at a guy like that Kel- a, Kelvin, the charts. a Kelvin Benjamin or, or a T.Y. Hilton or a Jarvis Landry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not a Landry on that team. But uh, regardless, uh, they didn't manage to acquire anyone. So you have Crowder, who just had a big game, and maybe he'll step it up. Uh, everyone's basically in the same positions as they were um, last year on that team. I, I mean, sorry, last, uh, last week. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, uh, I I do think Corey Davis is, is an interesting guy because he might play this week for the first time uh, since the first, uh, first he hasn't game. He has played yet, yeah. And, uh, and that could be interesting. We'll probably talk about the wire pickups in a bit.
0: All right, so that's the trade deadline. You're entering the vicinity of an area adjacent to a location, the kind of place where there might be a monster or some kind of weird mirror. These are just examples. It could also be something much better. Prepare to enter... The scary door. So, Dave, what were you for Halloween <laughs> this year?
1: Uh, I, I was a taco momentarily.
0: A momentary taco. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Is it? That's a, it's a quality costume you got there. All right. Let's. Let's. Yeah.
1: Maybe I'll be a whiskey bottle next year. That sounds fun.
0: You don't even have to wear anything.
1: I like cheersing uh, right over your laptop. It's my favorite thing.
0: <sighs> Great location. <laughs> you've never spilled a shot on my laptop.
1: That's correct. Or any laptop, really. But <laughs> well, I, could, I could always try. You That's know? a
0: good stretch that you've got going there. Mm. So um, I, before we exit week eight and go into week nine, I want to talk about the best football game I've seen all year. The Seahawks and the Texans was incredible. This game had it all. Two amazing young quarterbacks, who threw for over eight hundred and fifty yards combined they uh combined for eight passing touchdowns, even the kickers were pretty solid um Kaimi Fairbarn and Blair Walsh, both kicking multiple field goals um not missing any of the extra points you know that shit is very important in a game that winds up forty one to thirty eight um so a couple of other numbers from this game that I had picked up on in my column. Uh, Statistically Insignificant, which you can check out every week. Um, Deshaun Watson now has 19 touchdowns in seven games. That breaks Kurt Warner's record of 18 uh, through his first seven games. So he continues to break all kinds of records. It's not just that he's a dual threat. He is one of the best passing rookie quarterbacks that we've seen since easily Andrew Locke, I would imagine, could probably go back farther than that. Um, well, I think well, ever. Kurt I think
1: ever in the NFL because he's breaking all their records right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's tough to want to give a guy that position immediately. You know, I want to. I want to step it back. But you're right. It we could say ever. I mean, he he didn't even start week one. He came in and he threw one touchdown, and everyone was like, "Oh, this could work out. It looks all right." He's now leading all players in standard scoring with 176.86 points yeah he's well, been on bye already too
1: well three's a trend right so four is just more of the same and at this point you have to consider Deshaun Watson to be a top five quarterback if you're not jumping on the train calling him the best quarterback currently playing um which you kind of have to based on his numbers um and I know it's not like a um a forward-looking outlook but in the game of fantasy football you play the players that are scoring the points he's the best player in the game of fantasy football
0: Absolutely. He's topped 34 points three times, all of this coming over his last four games. He's averaging 28.36 points per game when he starts. And he's thrown for at least three touchdowns each of the last four games. Um,
1: so we always talk about picking up one of those guys midseason who does really well for you. There have been a couple guys that, that could fit that bill. But really, we didn't expect for there to be a rookie quarterback this year that came out uh, to present these numbers.
0: I... I Maybe I'm not up on, up on the rookies. I do know that Sean Foss had mentioned him several times to us. But I, I don't think anybody can expect this kind of performance.
1: I don't think. And that's our rookie expert that Jason mentioned. Sean, uh, he had said that he didn't think he was ready for um, for the NFL based on the kind of plays and play calling that they had. Um, um, what college is he from? Um,
0: uh, he went to Auburn, right?
1: No, they just won the uh, the... The college championship last year. Oh, Clemson? Year. Yeah. Okay. Clemson. So uh, the idea was that he was going to come in eventually and start playing and do well, perhaps, because he's one of these guys that's a dual threat. Uh, but as far as uh, pocket passing, being able to really connect downfield with accuracy consistently, uh, he didn't have really high grades across the board from scouts, et cetera. So I don't know. It's one of those things where... Uh, you can't learn all that you can learn from a player by watching him in the combine and interviewing him about his emotional stability.
0: Yep. So other craziness from this game, Russell Wilson was responsible for 99.4% of his team's total offense. So he had 452 passing yards and 30 rushing yards. His team had 485 total offensive yards. So the rest of the team had a net of three rushing yards, about half a foot per attempt, much better than, um... Uh, what was it, Carolina's 2.77 inches per attempt from the running backs a few weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, So uh, these kind of numbers usually only end up occurring in crazy games like this, right? So according to profootballreference.com's win probability, which is not just tracking the change in score, but the probability that one team will beat the other. You know, if you're 51%, then you're more likely to win. That changed 24 times throughout the game. So I don't I look at this for a lot of different games. Anything that I'm like writing on, I'll take a look at their win probabilities. I've never seen a game like this where there's twenty four changes like that. And and it's just zigzagging back and forth. It stays at kind of fifty percent most of the time. Um so you know, this was what you want when you sit down to watch football. It was great to have it just up against one other game, a game that everyone still wanted to watch as well. Um so I uh I was very pleased that the NFL is able to deliver this sort of product still, and you know it, it gives hope that people are going to stop getting distracted by all kinds of things that uh, they like to get outraged on, and just hang out and watch some football and find some common ground maybe.
1: <laughs> well, it still is like the highest rated thing on TV at pretty much every time it, it airs.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, there's <laughs> you know that, that that's the one thing they talk about. They don't talk about it, I should say, when they talk about their ratings. Their ratings may be down, but they're still the best ratings.
1: Whatever the small amount of outrage is, it's it's not that big of a piece of the pie just now. Um, but you're right. It would be good for them to uh, to get over some of these these uh, indiscretions and uh, disagreements that they're currently having and people are kind of spreading around. So the game of football is, is good to just watch football, and uh, that's a good example of it. It was a fun game to watch. A lot of fantasy points. Another guy from that game was Will Fuller, who has now had four big games in a row. And uh, it's one of those things where last year everyone would tell you he's a boomer bust burner kind of guy, like a Ted Ginn or someone who's only going to have a big game every three games.
0: Sure. And when you have Tom Savage as your quarterback, you can't count on anything.
1: Right and and last year they had a number of different quarterbacks but Will Fuller as a, as a scouted guy you know going into the draft coming out of the draft that's what he was always said to have been was a fast guy whose hands weren't that great who is going to be able to burn the defense, but not necessarily catch touchdowns consistently. But that's what he's doing.
0: He's only, he's only catching touchdowns.
1: So uh, the Seven interesting,
0: touchdowns and 13 catches. That's
1: six more than Julio Jones. So, <laughs> so the interesting thing here is that usually when this kind of thing happens, people will tell you to, to sit the player or to trade the player because they think that there's some kind of a, a downswing coming.
0: It's an unsustainable trend, I think, is what a lot of people think.
1: And it all has to do and be keyed in with uh, Deshaun Watson's statistics. So I don't think that it's unsustainable. And I think that this pairing along with Hopkins is going to be good for a long time.
0: I agree. I think both these guys can finish in the top 10 this year. So if you're, if you're getting a low offer, if, if someone in your team, in your league, wants to get rid of one of these guys, like a fuller, and he just wants something like maybe a Jay Ajayi back, you know, I, I think that that's a trigger that you got to pull. You know, you go with the guy on the best team if you can help it. The guy who has great chemistry, uh, Will Fuller, has been amazing. DeAndre Hopkins, after all of the drama that happened late in the week. The guy on the best it, team. So you, go, on, so you
1: go with Jay with then because he's on the Eagles now.
0: Well, <laughs> I, as soon as I said that, I realized it didn't come out right. Um, the guy's in the best situation. Let's put it that way. Um But yeah, I mean, even after all that with Hopkins, he put in one of his best games uh, of his career. So um, the the Texans are going up and up and they're going to go to the playoffs. They are the best under 500 team that I've seen in a long time. They've had a really tough go of their schedule lately. They played the Hawks in Seattle. They played the Patriots in New England. Um, They're going to get a lot of relief in terms of their schedule in the second half of the year. Uh, You know, they still get to play the Colts twice. Uh, They got the Rams, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Titans, the 49ers. You know, the revenge game against the Jaguars, their only tough game this year is going to be against the Steelers in Week 16. And that will probably just be a shitload of fantasy points for everyone to enjoy in their their, uh, final. (laughs) So that could be a very uh, good one. That's going to be the afternoon game on Christmas. So well done scheduling people. That's a good call because that'll be, I believe, uh, Christmas Day is when they only do like um, a a game here or there. They don't, they're not going to do a full schedule of games. It'll be the 24th on Sunday when they have the full slate of games. Um, So uh, something that we talked about a little bit last week off the air um, that I wanted to bring up and something that we've been talking about on a regular basis is uh, wide receivers versus running backs, how productive they are. We had noticed in years past that wide receivers tend to start uh, strong and the running backs are the ones that finish strong. But this year has been the opposite. Running backs were starting much stronger than the wide receivers, uh, almost dominating them. Like I believe it was last week, uh, the top 10 running backs outscored the top 10 receivers by over three points per player, which is a huge gap. Uh, This week, the wide receivers are starting to close the gap. There are four wide receivers and four running backs in the top ten players. Um, and one thing that you suggested when we were watching games is that the quarterbacks get better as the season goes on. Um, and I, and I, I think we're seeing that. Is that what you saw while you are watching the games on Sunday?
1: Yeah, well that's also a side effect of the offensive lines not performing at as high a level as they used to because the people coming out of college in offensive lines are learning different schemes. Um, and they're not able to practice in pads early enough, et cetera. So I I've, I've heard this discussion on a couple of sports radio shows where it's been hammered home a little bit that over the past couple of years uh college offensive linemen are not they're not playing in the same kind of NFL schemes as maybe they they used to and they come in and have to be retaught a little bit and then the rules have changed where they can't be practicing early in the preseason in full pads um and they have to they take a couple weeks into the season to start becoming uh, better at their position. So that and the fact that the quarterbacks are gaining a rhythm every week means that they're not going to start keying in and doing really well with wide receivers until uh, a couple weeks into the season. But uh, these things are all just, um, you know, they're, they're things that can be noticed and identified and talked about, but they're not they're not everything, right? They're just variables in an equation. So to your point, I think we've all seen that the running backs have uh, have been killing it. So, um, besides the reasons that I just said that, you know, I'm putting out there as possibilities, what, what do you think it is? And do you think that the trend will, will start to go the other way now that they've kind of been running to the ground a little bit, guys like Kareem Hunt and, um, uh, et cetera?
0: Um, so I, I, think that the running backs are going to stay strong. Uh, one of the reasons that we would always sort of put on why the running backs do well later in the year is because, um. Teams get into worse weather situations. You know you're going to be playing in cold weather, in rainy weather, in windy weather, conditions that are going to sort of uh, keep you from throwing the ball as much, give you more carries. So I do think that running backs will be able to keep up. But y- you make a great point when you talk about the offensive line. It was really, really sloppy starting the year. The first two weeks was very noticeable in how down the offensive production it was. Um, from, you know, previous years. But they're getting better, and and I really do think that the quarterbacks themselves are sort of getting more in tune. You just look at a guy like kind of Ben Roethlisberger, right? He was off for a good part of the year, but this last game he was better. They're always getting better. They're not great yet. Nobody's going to be able to just turn it on like Deshaun Watson, um, who is now the new standard of excellence in the league. Uh, But, you know... Uh, when you look at the quarterbacks as a whole, they combined for 30 touchdowns and only 20 interceptions. That's a pretty respectable ratio uh, going on when you look at all the players, and that doesn't include the Monday night game. But there wasn't uh, a lot on Monday night to swing that. Um, Trevor Simeon played poorly, but we kind of all expect that. I don't think he's going to got many starts left in Denver. Maybe one, maybe none. He certainly doesn't have the um, what you call it, the confidence of his. Coaching staff anymore. All right, so we'll move on in a moment to some waiver picks. Every week, our buddy Jim Hutchins gives us five pickups for the week. He calls it Pick Five. Very good name, Jim. I like it. Um, so these are all going to be guys that are pretty much owned in fifty percent or fewer uh, of Yahoo leagues. Uh, a couple of guys that I had pointed out as well in my uh, column, guys who are um, were finished in the top five at wide receiver this position uh, this week are all owned in fifty percent or less of leagues so Paul Richardson Robbie Anderson and Juju uh (coughs) pardon me all owned in less than half of Yahoo League so starting at the top we got Paul Richardson 32 percent owned um Seahawks cannot have a running game I, I don't know why they're not allowed but ever since they got rid of Marshawn Lynch it's just been non-existent um so he had eight of nine uh targets over the last two games eight receptions on nine targets 166 yards three touchdowns I'm pretty sure he dropped a touchdown In uh, the game as well last week So Richardson does kind of seem like He's a favorite deep threat Which is a great compliment for Doug Baldwin They need another receiver there Because Russell Wilson uh, Is one of the few people who's going to outperform You know uh, Anybody who he lines up against at any given week Um, Russell Wilson was amazing this past week He's the only guy Who did better than Deshaun Watson (laughs) Um, So you got Darryl McFadden 35% owned Um, he is here instead of Alfred Morris because Morris is going to be owned in more leagues already Um, I think that Morris will be the guy who uh, sees the early down work and Darren McFadden is going to be a guy who is a change of pace who is a third down guy um, who may end up seeing more work because they don't have Ezekiel Elliott so um, as always with the Ezekiel Elliott saga pay attention Uh, to the legal briefings and whatnot, uh, for whatever the hell is going to go on. As of 8.45 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday the 31st, he will be suspended. But that may change before the end of the show. You never know. Um, What do you think on that backfield in Dallas, Dave? Who's the one guy you would rather have?
1: I don't know. That's that's a toss up there too. I I've, I've always liked Alfred Morris. I think he's he's uh he's still a good guy. He's not super old. He's uh, able to run with a little bit of burst. Um the times he's come out for the Cowboys a couple times looked better than he ever did on the Redskins even early in his career. Um so he still has years left on him. But if you want a home run guy, it's Darren McFadden and they still have him rostered and, and they're looking to uh to uh to use him. So uh, I mean, he's the guy who can break a bunch of tackles and and get out of there but I don't think that either of them are going to be super good for your fantasy team Um, if you have them you may want to trade them their values might be higher as a a trade to pick up uh, by a low target than they would be to play them every week I'm I'm not really certain on that but I will tell you that I am not going for either Morris or McFadden in any leagues I'm happy to have other people do that and and see what happens
0: I'll take the other players available like a Robbie Anderson Um, 29% owned in Yahoo Leagues he did have a slow start to the season, but he had a huge game last week. Went over a hundred yards, had a touchdown as well. Um, so they play Buffalo this week. That's a tough matchup for him. However, uh, Robbie Anderson, kind of the undisputed number one on a team that is playing better than uh, everyone expected. So uh, hopefully that hopefully they can translate that into more consistent uh, work. But he is trending up, seven point six to nine point five to sixteen. 16- Point five points, um, so I, I like Robbie Anderson going forward, especially uh, like during these awful bye weeks. Uh, you know, this week is another week where six teams are on bye, um, so you're going to need fill-ins, and uh, Robbie Anderson is definitely worthy of that, even though they're playing Buffalo.
1: By the way, the uh, the judge—I I don't know how to pronounce her name. But her his name's like F- 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 Faya or Faya or something like that the judge who's uh, presiding in the Ezekiel Elliott case. I, I follow this um, legal analyst named Amy Dash, um, and she, she mentioned earlier uh, today that uh, she confirmed that the judge's husband works for a company called Proskauer, which negotiated the CBA for the NFL, so she should have been recused on the case. She could have, should have recused herself because she. No way. She had a relationship through her husband yeah. to the NFL. Yeah, um, it's
0: kind of a conflict of interest. No,
1: I don't know that that will actually that anything will happen because of that. Because seriously, if you continue to go along the the, the rabbit you know hole and the rabbit trail, you're going to find stuff. Regardless, uh,
0: there's a difference between six degrees of Kevin Bacon and <laughs> your husband negotiated the NFL's contract.
1: No, I don't know that she, that her husband negotiated. He works for that company. He works for the company that negotiated. it, Yeah,
0: the NFLPA's. Labor contract.
1: The CBA for the NFL, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that is exactly what this whole thing is about. Well,
1: I, I'm just letting you know that you're probably going to hear that later this week or something because I like to follow these individual Twitter personalities so I find out the news a little bit before it, it happens. I
0: like that Dave follows them all because I find out <laughs> the news after he learns it.
1: But even if that, <laughs> if that happens, you know... Then, then maybe it'll have to do with another appeal or something down the line or whatever. But obviously, there's there's a lot here that this case might continue to go further. So, I again, I that's one of the reasons why I have a hard time picking up guys like Morris and McFadden and dropping people on my bench because they have not yet, you know, they have not as of yet been useful. And I don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon unless
0: maybe it would be a really ballsy move to trade for Ezekiel Elliott like right now.
1: Well, I mean, it's certainly possible, and I, I know that those people that have Elliot would probably let him go for some a good piece that could, they could use now, but that could also kill your team. You'd stab yourself in the chest if, like, you know, that kind of information is not enough to overturn that kind of a ruling.
0: Yeah, and really, all you're looking for is just delay it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So that that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Uh, okay, so let's go to our favorite player of this last week. Uh, the you know the social media darling of the week. You know the the Steelers have two guys who are very active on social media, right? There's Juju Smith-Schuster, who uh, there's a lot had, of them, actually, has everybody <laughs> enamored with his bike situation. And there's Martavis Bryant, who, according to Jim, twittered himself into the bench. Um,
1: AB and Le'Veon Bell are even more active than those two guys are.
0: Yeah, but you know they're not the hot shit right now.
1: Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say.
0: So Juju had seven catches on ten targets, 193 yards and a touchdown. One of those catches was a 97-yard touchdown, the longest passing touchdown in Steelers history, I believe. Um, so uh, Bryant has been told he's going to be part of the game plan in Week 10. The Steelers are on bye in Week 9. But Smith is uh, Smith-Schuster. Juju, I, I don't know... How- what short version we should use to call, refer to him.
1: Juju is a lot shorter than Smith Schuster, in my opinion. Okay. Actually, that's not an opinion. Juju.
0: (laughs) It's capital J's and lowercase U's. by the way, um, only owned in half of Yahoo leagues. Look him up and make him your number one priority. If, uh, he is available in your league. If you need wide receiver help, I suppose you would only not take him if you had three awesome wide receivers. Um, so, You could even take him and trade him, because he is going to be a guy who is very active and probably startable for the rest of the year. Um, Do you agree? You have your finger on the Steelers' pulse. Do you see him as he has now supplanted Martavis Bryant as at number two?
1: So... Okay, so Juju is a, is a great young receiver. He's got a lot of exuberance. The team loves him and is behind him, but he still has a lot to learn. He's not just going to be amazing right away, and they're going to use Bryant because Bryant is faster and bigger than Juju Smith-Schuster. By the way, Juju's name is John Smith. Did you know that?
0: Oh, that's so boring.
1: Yeah, so that he that's why his name is now Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but his actual name is John Smith. So I, I, they didn't trade Bryant, and so they have no reason not to use him in these situations, and they're hoping that it lights a fire under his ass. That is not to say that Juju's not going to have big games, but if you go expecting this kind of game, then you're going to be mistaken and disappointed. They, they fired all their cylinders this week because he's hot, and it, it worked.
0: It certainly did.
1: I do not expect them to suddenly, you know, be peppering him with targets every game.
0: Right, and it really went up. His high, previous high was six, uh, which he had twice uh, against Chicago and then Jacksonville, um, both in losses when they needed to come back. Uh, well, I guess they weren't really coming back against Chicago; it was an overtime, anyways. Um, he had ten targets last week, so that's not going to happen when Bryant is active.
1: I'm not saying that he's, you know, someone that you shouldn't play. I'm just you know if you go in expecting him to be like a wide receiver 1 or 2 now that's that's not really what he is he's like a WR3 that's going to have a couple big games i think depending on game flow so just temper your expectations there he's also 20 years old and uh he's bound to make some mistakes as as much as he makes good plays too
0: great value in dynasty great great guy to have And he probably was drafted and already owned in most dynasty leagues
1: he climbed up the rankings uh throughout the year um, so yeah, I mean, I, he's got to be owned in all dynasty leagues.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then Jim's final suggestion, a guy who I enjoyed watching on Thursday night, Alex Collins of Baltimore, 35% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, I, I, I concur with Jim. He had the look of an every down elite back. Um, he had 113 yards on 18 attempts. I believe he's leading the league with six yards per carry right now. Um, and Alex Collins is a guy who we'll get into a little bit more in our over-under, um, but, you know, it, it seems like, and I believe this is what Harbaugh said, he's earned more touches, he's earned more looks, he's gonna get more looks, he had 18 attempts last week, I don't think it's gonna go up to 25, but I think that the 15 to 18 to 20 range is something that you can expect from him, uh, for the next couple of weeks until...
1: Well, we're talking about Danny Woodhead coming back, and uh, same
0: wavelength you and I, Dave.
1: And yeah, so Alex Collins can't be an every-down back because he's not a great passing down back. He did catch, I think, two receptions last week, but he's not a guy who catches passes in the backfield. He's just not. Um, and he never was in college, and and he's not here in the NFL. So that's why they have Buck Allen, who fills in a, in a ton of uh, spots for him, and Danny Woodhead is is immediately better than uh, Buck Allen. And but regardless, um, there's no substitution for this kind of big guy with a with a unique running style that's it's working. So he's
0: unique running style, good way to put it.
1: Yeah. So he's going to be getting carries on a Baltimore team that's looking um, looking up and looking ahead down the road because they're very much in uh, the fight to make it to the playoffs.
0: What did he learn? Irish Irish jig dancing.
1: Yeah, traditional Irish jig dancing was where they like where you've got your feet like uh, going going up quickly. And, and like sort of violently. Okay. So uh, he's running kind of straight up with, with jerky foot motions that is not allowing people to get him at ankles and legs. And uh, apparently it's working out. And I've, I've got Collins on a couple squads, and I didn't start him last week, unfortunately, because I was still on wait-and-see mode. Uh, and now I'm going to stick him in there as uh, as I think he'll be an RB2 for the foreseeable future in, unless something happens.
0: All right. Um. Let us move on then to our overs and unders. I got a fever, Dave. All the, the only prescription is more Halloween candy. Year, but now All right, so you did great last week, Dave. Um, for the over unders, um, I appear to have marked myself as the winner, but I, that, that was... Oh no, this last week, week seven, you did very well. Week eight, I managed it. <laughs> okay, let me uh, get back on track here. Sure. Uh, we had Jamison Crowder last week. He went well over his five points. Uh, we had Mitch Trubisky, who came in just under his eleven. Le'Veon Bell came in under his 18, he only scored 12, and Matt Stafford, despite his team not scoring a single touchdown, uh, came in over the 14 points, he had 18.02 points because he threw for 432 yards against the best passing defense in the league, which should attribute to a blowout win, right?
1: Yeah, no touchdowns though. what, What bothers me a little is that I was kind of on the right track with both Stafford and Trubisky. Um, and I tend to be good with quarterbacks this year in general based on, uh, ranking scores. So i that's not a surprise, but, uh, but nice work on putting those together. Um, and we're drinking the beers right now that I owe you. So, so the slate is clean for the next week.
0: I, I, I love that. I got to double down on Crowder too, uh, which was an offline bet, but I, I do get, uh, a beer because of Jameson Crowder. So thank you, Mr. Jameson. I will not drink a Jameson in your honor, but I will drink a beer in your honor. Hey, uh, I, I don't mind throwing darts. Maybe sometimes. some Jameson as well. All right, so uh, Crow-
1: Crowder did have a, a better game than he has ever even thought of having this year. So it was kind of out of the blue. Oh
0: yeah, it was clearly his best game of the year. Um,
1: <laughs> by like twice, by like two X or more. I
0: sort of felt it coming. I wish that I could actually harvest these uh, these premonitions to something useful. But you know, well, you
1: you could you could trade for him I and could play him.
0: Get it and turn it into a beer every once in a while. I guess it's better than nothing.
1: I I would always encourage people to go with their gut here because if they are if they think they're right about something and then they they don't go after it then they're always gonna have that regret right if you think someone's gonna do well then can go trade for him especially if he's a buy low like Jamison who now after this week is going back more towards his uh, original value
0: right uh, sell high yeah not, not bad advice there so uh, Jamison's teammate the quarterback uh, you're good at picking quarterbacks you say this year so Kirk Cousins travels to Seattle. Uh, Cousins has had a very up-and-down season. He's got, I think, four games over um, 28 points. Let me let me look at Kirk. Captain Kirk, if you will. Um, and then a bunch of games where he scored like 11. 26, 20, 28, and 25. Uh, so four games well over 20, and then three games where he scored under 12 points. Um, now he's going to Seattle, a team that just gave up a ton of points to Deshaun Watson. But remember, that's the Michael Jordan of football. Um, so Kirk Cousins at Seattle will start his line at 15 points. Where do you think he'll come in, Dave? Uh, I'll
1: go over 15.
0: Over 15. I'm going to go under 15. I think that Seattle, uh, buckles down and, uh, uh you know, I, I like this under streak that I did last week. <laughs> uh, well, he's
1: only had two games under 15 points and, uh, and three those... games now. Um, Not from what I'm looking at, but that's fine.
0: I got Philly and the Rams, and then last week against Dallas.
1: I have 15 at Philly.
0: Um, <sighs> I Are guess you it, looking at standard scoring?
1: It depends on your scoring that you have, yeah. I do
0: believe I have the Drink 5 League up, yeah, standard. Anyways, we don't need to argue those numbers right now. Um, We will look at Alshon Jeffrey next. They're going to host Denver. Uh, Philadelphia will eight points is his season average he did have a good game last week but it was only two catches I am a little worried that Jeffrey is just not going to see the volume uh, that we were kind of used to when he was playing very well in Chicago Um, so two games he's got in double digits this this year Um, he even has a game with a touchdown where he scored 8.9 points uh, so Alshon Jeffrey at eight points against, Oh, it's cause you're talking about the decimal no fly scoring. zone. I see. Um, Alshon Jeffrey eight. I go under
1: eight. I'm not looking at decimal scoring. So you probably were looking at 14 points, something, um, for cousins. Anyway, it, you're saying eight points,
0: eight points under, I go under.
1: Uh, sure. Yeah. Under eight is good.
0: Oh, he goes under as well. Uh, At 7, I will go under.
1: Okay, you can go under again.
0: You're going to stay under? Uh Uh-huh. At 6, I am forced to say over. I'll go under. Okay, so we'll just move this line down a little. Dave's going under 6, and I'm going over. Um, All right, Dave, you're up first on the next one. Alex Collins travels to Tennessee with the Ravens. Uh, Alex Collins, he of six yards per carry, um, he's got nine points. The way I figured this, he's averaging about .57 points per touch. Uh, He's looking at about 18 touches next week. So I gave him nine points to aim for. Uh, Do you think he, basically, does he score his first touchdown of the year or not? Under. Under. I'm going to go over on Alex Collins. Uh, I think that the Tennessee defense, not great. I think Alex Collins finds the end zone for the first time. Uh, so, Dave, a player who was haunting your nightmares this weekend Jack Doyle uh, He of 12 catches on 14 targets
1: I'm not sure it was that serious Something
0: that never <laughs> that nobody expected uh, Jack Doyle at Houston uh, Division game, yada yada Six points for Jack Doyle You want to go over or under? Will Jack Doyle score a touchdown?
1: Didn't I just start with the last one?
0: Uh, you did. I will go under on Jack Doyle six
1: over. So it's Brissett's new favorite target, and oh, yeah. uh, and I don't know why he wouldn't be targeted heavily. Uh, it's not a PPR uh, scoring that we're looking at, so he Correct. does have to get at least 60, He's 60 got to earn, yards. Right. So, but yeah, I I have Jack Doyle um all the way up to six this this week in uh, in tight end ranking. So. I, he's not doing anything, as far as I'm concerned, to, to move him down just yet.
0: Okay, and um, the the, bet, <laughs> the wager, uh, the nature of the wager can't be split, so we do need a tiebreaker this week. Uh, and we're going to bet on a defense this week. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense and special teams just got upgraded with Marcel Darius we mentioned earlier. They're hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, the hapless Bengals who barely beat the Colts. Uh, we're going to set start them at their average score of 15 points. Uh, Dave, you think they'll go over or under
1: 15? (laughs) Um, let's, let's go with, uh, let's go with over.
0: Oh, okay. And then I'll just take the under. I'm not going to force you to take more points. (laughs) I I was going to do whatever the opposite of what you had. I figured you were going to go under on this, but they've scored over 20 points three times this year. I mean... And it's a team that can totally turn the ball over a whole bunch. So I hope you're willing to um, to indulge me in our wager, which would be in week 10 to rename the losers teams. The three teams <laughs> where we'll be playing each other.
1: That's fine with me, sure.
0: All right. So for, for, um,
1: for only that week.
0: For only that week. Only that week. As soon as the next Tuesday rolls around, you're already back to normal. Uh, so um, anything else that you wanted to touch on this evening? I know that... Uh, we need to find out the latest in the Ezekiel Elliott uh, case, which we'll probably not get any more news until the
1: morning. Uh, uh, no, I uh, I was uh, 17th ranked overall this uh, week in Fantasy Pros rankings. So uh, I encourage you guys to go out and check out the rankings as they are every week, not just for myself, but all the other fantasy experts out there. Um, I, I think that it's a it's a really nice way to uh to be able to to look at who's available to pick up and who to start each week
0: yeah dude well done on that well done this week cheers everybody drink five